Blog Talk Radio. Interviewing your favorite musicians, comedians, and other creative souls. This is the Carrie Edelman Show. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Carrie Edelman Show. Tonight we have the amazing hard rock metal band Nonpoint coming on, and I'm extremely excited to interview the drummer Rob Rivera tonight. So this is going to be a really good treat for the audience because I'm going to take you on a really interesting journey with uh, Nonpoint's musical story and uh, do something a little different than you usually hear when you hear or read about interviews. So before I bring them on and or bring Rob on, so to speak, just want to introduce everyone to my show if you're tuning in tonight. Um, Nonpoint is going to be one of the amazing national bands that I've had the honor and pleasure of interviewing. Some of the other bands I've had on my show have included Bobaflex, Gemini Syndrome, Soil, I Empire, Otherwise, Eve to Adam, Black Light, Black Light District, Raw, Art of Dying, Royal Bliss, and the list goes on. So please support these acts and all of the entertainers I've had on my show. All of the podcasts are available for free to download. I really created this show because I wanted to bring people on in the entertainment industry to support them and help them spread the word about who they are and uh, get their product out there. A little bit about myself, I have a doctorate degree in clinical psychology, and that's what I do uh, for my profession, and I love interviewing people, um, but just to throw it out there, my show, show is purely meant for entertainment purposes, so we're not doing any form of therapy, but we do sometimes you know, include some psychological concepts in more of an educational format. Um, my other background is the entertainment industry. I have an, an album out as a singer-songwriter, and I've done some writing for some magazines. And then, as I said, I really wanted to combine my two passions, which is my clinical psychology and interviewing, along with my passion for the entertainment industry to create this forum. So I'm sure you're going to get a really good taste of what these people's lives are like and what it's like to be in their profession. If you're tuning in, you can join us in the chat room and uh, by going to blogtalkradio.com, because I am a one-person show, I'm really going to be honed in on the interview tonight with Rob. So if you want to post some questions in there, feel free to do so. If you want to call in, the number is 805-243-1320. So personally, I don't even know where to start with this band. I did a lot of research on these guys, and uh, Nonpoint has been around for approximately 16 years. I mean, these guys have just been a phenomenon and a major success. Um, they originated in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Hopefully I have that correct when I did my research. And the band has released eight studio albums. That's in addition to two self-released albums that they put out prior to um, signing with a major label. All of their albums have had major singles, which have been featured on the Billboard Hard Rock and Mainstream Rock charts. And fans will be familiar with these songs. They've included hits such as What a Day, Your Signs, Circles, The Truth, their version of In the Air Tonight, Phil Collins' song, which they did a phenomenal uh, cover of. Uh, Bullet with a name on it, Alive and Kicking, March of War, I Said It, and Left for You. They are currently signed to Razor and Tie Records, and tonight we're going to be promoting their new album, The Return, which features the hit single Breaking Skin. And I want to make a personal thank you to Sarah Facciolo, if hopefully or Facciolo, hopefully I pronounced that correct, from Razor and Tie publicity for coordinating this interview tonight. So let me go into the studio, and there is, I see a number, so Rob must be calling in. Let's bring Rob on, everyone. Okay, so this is going to be a really great interview, and we're going to take you on a really cool journey tonight with Nonpoint. Hey, Rob, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, good. Welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you on and promote Nonpoint and your new album. Oh, thank you. I was a little confused because I heard a lot of talking <laughs> I didn't know what I was supposed to do. I was like, am I supposed to no, say no, no. <laughs> Well, you can say that, but I, I hadn't brought you on yet. That's fine. I'd like to do a, a nice intro for all of my guests, artists, et cetera, that I have on the show. So I was just talking, introducing who you guys are to uh, kind of give the audience a taste of what's to come tonight. Yeah, and then the recording said you're on with the host, and I heard you talking. I said, am I supposed to announce myself? Or... <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, nope, don't worry about it. You're totally you're totally fine. Okay, awesome, so right. where, are you, where are you tonight? Are you guys, I know you guys are out on tour right now. You've been doing some shows with Gemini Syndrome, correct? Yes, and with uh, Islander and Three Years Hollow. Yep. Uh, we actually have two days off in Florida, so... We came back down to Fort Lauderdale. We had played Fort Lauderdale Friday, Orlando Saturday, 
I came back down to Fort Lauderdale because Elias, my singer, has family down here, so and his his wife and child are down here, so we want to spend time since we've been away, you know, from our kids. Cool. A couple weeks, so yeah, we're just spending time here in Florida and enjoying ourselves and eating good food and whatnot, and just seeing old friends, you know. We're originally from down here, so. So, you know, we've been able to catch up and stuff, so it's cool. Very cool, very cool. Well, let's do this. I like to take the audience on a journey. I do a little bit of a a different type of interview, and um, as I mentioned at the outtake, I don't know if you heard, I said that I'm a clinical psychologist, but don't worry, I'm not going to be analyzing you all night. Um, I'm just joking. But we're going to just do some some really cool questions and stuff where I'm going to try to, you know, ask some different things that people don't typically ask you guys. Awesome. All right. So why don't you tell me a little bit about you. Did you grow up in Fort Lauderdale, Florida? No, um, originally I was born in New York and raised in Puerto Rico. And uh, ah. I, I've lived I've lived a lot of places. I've lived in Ohio. I've lived in, you know, in Boston. I've lived in Florida for like 16 years. Now I live in Chicago. Uh, okay. With my so, family. You... And so I've been bouncing around. <laughs> gotcha. So, but to start out, if we were going to start out, you would say that you grew up in New York. Is that where you would say... You know, you you formally were born and stuff? Pretty much. Okay, okay. What part of New York did you live in growing up? Uh, I was only there until I was five. I was was born in Manhattan, then we went to the Bronx, but at five I left. Okay, so at five, where did you go at five then? Uh, At five I went to Puerto Rico. Interesting. And how long, and then we're going to get into some more questions about how long were you living in Puerto Rico before you came back? Um, I, I went to Puerto Rico, I was there until I was nine, and I moved to Ohio wow. until I was 12, went back to Puerto Rico, and, until uh, I was like, uh, 20 years old, so I went okay. to high school and everything there, and then I went to Florida for the next, from 1993 to 2010, okay. and then I moved to Chicago. <laughs> Yeah, you've been. You're right. You've been all over the place. So let's digress yeah. a little bit. So you're, you know, you're in Manhattan, as you said. You, you, that's where you're born, and then eventually you go. You know, at a very young age, you go to Puerto Rico. Tell us a little bit just about yourself. You know, growing up as a kid. You know, what were some of the things that you were interested in doing? And you know, if it was music from a really young age, you know, you can talk about that. But you know, throw in some other interesting things, like if you played sports or you were someone who enjoyed playing video games. You know, give us some background. Uh, you know, my first passion was baseball. You know, and I, I played baseball, organized baseball, and I just played, just played ball all the time. I my first exposure to music, I actually lived in Ohio, and I was nine years old. I was exposed to like Rush, ACDC, Boston, stuff like that. I, I, I'm I'm 44, so I, I you know I, I was exposed to real young, like the right. old school classic rock, you know. So and Van Halen, and you know, and Journey, Sticks, and you know, Ted Nugent, all these, all these, all these bands. You know, yep. and but my passion of baseball was still in me. You know, but I, I kind of, you know, if I had, I mean, I will never say music is a mistake, ever, because I love okay. music. But I really would have loved to try baseball. You know, and I still to this day watch it religiously. I try to throw catch when I can. You know, and and. Just something that's just—it's in my soul, you know. And I'm hopefully, hopefully, my son will uh, want to play sports. <laughs> so cool. That's really that's really neat to learn about you because I didn't read about that anywhere, and it's probably out there somewhere. I couldn't, you know, cover every single article possible. But so, what yeah. made you, in terms of as a kid playing baseball, were you playing at a level where you could have, you know, taken it to like an amateur level or even the professionals? Well, I mean, I had the desire. I had the same desire with baseball as I did with music. You know, like I, okay. I, I love baseball just as much as I did music, and I wasn't gonna join. I wasn't gonna continue to play. I mean, if I was gonna continue to play baseball, it's to go for everything. I wanted to be professional, right. just like I was a musician. You know, when I started playing music, I said I want to be signed in a band, and I want to tour, and I want to make my and living. And how old were you, Rob? How old were you when, when you what? really got? Let's we'll go back and forth a little bit. When you got into music, so how old were you when you started to play drums and get into it? And we'll talk a little bit back and oh, forth about the baseball my, kind of my, controversy. My, my, my first, 
Yeah, my first exposure to drums, I was nine, and I was going to church at that time, and I saw there was a pastor's daughter was actually playing drums. So that was my exposure of seeing somebody playing the drums. And it's just cool. It's loud. You can hit them. You know, so I was like, oh, this is cool, you know. And I, and I was going to take lessons, but I didn't. But my mom and dad got me this little Sears drum set. I was right. just in my living room and whatever, and, and it was just cool, you know. The, just right. something about music Rob, drew me in. Real, real yes. quick, Rob, not to interrupt you, your, your voice seems to go in and out. Sometimes you sound crystal clear, and then other times, like now, you're sounding a little okay, kind okay. of far away. Do you hear me now? Yeah, that's good. Okay, go ahead. Okay, cool, cool. Do you mean to start over with that? No, 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 I got you. You were talking about how, you know, your parents bought you the drum set from Sears, and so, yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah, I was playing drums, you know, at my house, and I remember the first song I learned was, like, Joan Jett's I Love Rock and Roll. I had the little 45 single, and I would play that, and I just, you know, I've never taken a drum lesson in my life. Uh, um, Okay. Actually, I just actually watch people. I watch people play, and I just, I don't know, it's so natural for me. I picked it up so quickly and the same thing with guitar you know when I was the same age I was playing acoustic guitar somebody gave me a two-string guitar <laughs> a two-string acoustic guitar like they were gonna throw it in the trash so oh, I'll take it you know and I took it home and I was playing on these two strings and and I played on that thing for two strings like maybe <laughs> like a year but learning whatever I could I learned like Smoke on the Water by Deep Purple Jesse's Girl by Rick Springfield you know like I'd learn any, anything that was guitar based right? So, and that's where, I, I as we're to... talking, I when you had when you had been kind of distant a little bit in the beginning when we were talking about you getting into the drums, who specifically like inspired you? Like, do you have any family that's in the music industry? Um, I know you talked about, you know, to was it church real quick that you saw that? Yeah. Uh, well, no, yeah. not. I mean, my family, my dad's side actually, they were very, very musical. None of them played in bands, but they all played. You know, my mom actually played saxophone okay. in high school. My my dad sang. And um, nice. my my cousins all played like you know mariachi type acoustic guitars, you know. So I was exposed to it, you know, like Spanish music, Spanish classic, like Spanish uh, traditional Spanish music. And um, but uh, like my my uncle, uh, my mom's uh, brother played guitar. He played banjo. So it, it was like okay, you know, so you had a lot of it, it was it, it, it was around. It was around, but my exposure right. to 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 hard rock was my neighbor in Ohio that started playing music and I went to his house. He was like 21 years old and I'm a nine year old kid. And he was playing, <laughs> you know, playing like you know Rush and I said. And then when I heard the drum solo on the All the World stage live album, I said, Ooh, "That's cool." You know, and I just all I heard was drums and all these sounds. And then, and then I, you know, convinced my mom to get me a record player and, you know, those Columbia tape, uh, those things you can get one, like, uh, I think, 10 vinyl for a cent or something like that. So okay. I, I, I I got my mom to order me some albums, and I just locked in my room listening to music all the time. That's all I do is listen to music every single day. I couldn't wait to get home from school to listen to music, and, and, and just it just overtook my life. And, you know, baseball was still there. I mean, I was still playing baseball and listening to music at the same time, you know, but... Music mm-hmm. kind of won the battle. <laughs> so how old were you when music, you know, truly won the battle? Because you're talking about being nine years old, you're really getting into it. So, you know, when does it get to the point, like you said, that you're really going to try to push for this, like you said, to find a band well, that can actually I, I get signed? Seen, I, I've seen a band play. I was a local band in Puerto Rico. They were called Cardinal Sin, actually, and they played at my friend's uh, birthday party in their living room. And it just sounded so cool, you know. I was, they were, you know, they had the long hair. They looked, they looked all, uh, you know, heavy metal looking or whatever. You know, at that time, that was my mentality. Oh, they looked like, like real, like like rock stars. You know, they they, they looked at the part, and they were great musicians. I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. You know, I was so close to it. I was sitting on the chair watching this. You know, I was like, man, this is really cool. And right. I think I, I think I was like maybe fifteen, sixteen at the time, and. I was playing guitar. Actually, I wasn't playing drums at that time. I was playing guitar. I was trying to play guitar in the band, and I was actually pretty good at it. And um, nice. but the the band the the band that we had, we could never find a drummer that could play in time or anything. So I said, you know, I'll take a stab at it. So we chipped in money and bought a kit, and 
here I am in rehearsal sitting there behind this kid, and I'm like, okay, I'm a drummer now. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I've always, I, I guess I'm a, I'm a frustrated guitar player that plays drums. That plays uh, drums, like, right. But, and, that, and how old are you drums, now so. at this point? Where are we at in terms of the timeline? How old are you now? Okay. So I my first band, I was 16 years old. You there? Yes. Yes, I'm here. I oh, was 16 okay. years okay. old when I joined my first band. Okay, so you're 16 years old, and, and like you said, you're exposed to it by your friend next door, has this heavy metal act or whatever, and you're watching yeah. it in the, uh, the living room of the house and stuff. And so when do you actually decide, Is this? do you actually get out the door with this first band in terms of playing shows? Uh, we start playing shows, and I actually, around that time, I dropped out of high school. And, and I okay. told my mom, you know, I, I wanted to be a musician. You know, I didn't like, I hated school. That didn't okay. like the people there. If, if honestly, if I would have stayed in school, I probably would have became a criminal. So yep. that, that's I think music <laughs> well, pretty I, much saved my life. And I wouldn't want to see you because I work in uh, corrections, so I would not want to see you, Rob. <laughs> I'm yeah, just so, I mean, I, I was there was some really bad people in that school, and, and you know, so I, I went wow. to a bilingual school in Puerto Rico where the Puerto Ricans and the Americans hated each other. So it, it was. Oh, Pretty bad. There was a stabbing, a couple stabbings in my school. People got killed there, like before the year before I actually went into the school. But uh, it was Crazy. bad. You know? So the right. music kind of, yeah, kind of took me out of that hole. I stayed at home, listened to metal and hardcore and thrash, learned guitar, started playing around the music scene. So it became kind of like a save my life, basically. So. So let's then let's start moving a little forward. And so you're, like you said, you drop out of school. You really want to play music. You want to be in a successful professional band. So when does it come to the point that you meet? And I don't tell me if I pronounce his name wrong because I don't want to pronounce wrong. Is it? It was it Elias. 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 Okay. Elias. So yeah. it's around '97 that I read about. You know, you and him were pretty much you know the founders of the band. So tell us a little bit about how you come to meet him. Uh, I mean, after, you know, me playing in local bands or whatever, uh, we had uh, our bass player, Hector, and Elias, my, my then bass player, Hector, and Elias worked at a, actual, uh, at a restaurant together, and, and uh, they were both uh, waiters and whatnot, so I met Elias at rehearsal, I said, hey, what's up, kind of deal, I had no clue or anything of what he, who he was or what he did, and one day I'm driving mm-hmm. home from work, I'm driving home from work, and I call Hector, Hey, what are you up to? He says, I'm writing a song with Elias. And I'm like, you're what? <laughs> and like, he, says, I'm, he says, you're writing a song with Elias. That kid that I met? So, yeah, I'm right, and I'm like, okay, cool. And I um, didn't know what to think of it. At that time, we had vocal, vocalist problems. This dude would never show up. This singer, I thought he was like Aww. God's answer to, right. to rock and roll. You know, the guy would never show up for practice. So he didn't need to rehearse and all this other crap, and the guy couldn't even right. sing that well. And oh, and, and it was so funny because the guy wouldn't even give us his phone number. We actually had to call his job to get a hold of him. He would. We had no other way what? to contact him. I, I, I am not making this up. That's crazy. I'm totally, I'm totally telling you the truth. And I hope he's listening. No, no. I so. oh, believe me, believe me, Rob. I did music for a little while. Not again. Nearly what you guys are doing, but. That was the hardest part, was finding reliable people. And that's why eventually I just said, I'll do some studio stuff. I'm done with this, like, live band stuff. Because it was, it was painful. It really was trying yeah. to find people, like you said, to show up and to be prepared and to be reliable. It was just it was a nightmare. No, I believe you. But, uh, <laughs> All right, go the, ahead. The Elias story is actually really cool. I love saying it. I don't get to say it often. I, did a, I, have, I, I run a blog online, that, one of my, my personal blogs. That I told the okay. story to, and it got out there. But it, it's really cool how it came along. Like he last came to practice, and uh, and he, I had no idea he was going to sing. I had no clue. I was just playing, and we started. We wrote this song called Head Games or whatever, and which we don't play anymore. But um, he uh, all of a sudden he's on the mic, and he's up there rapping and doing this thing. And I'm like, looking over, and I stopped the song. I stopped playing. Right. And everybody thought I was mad. And I get up, I go into, I go to him, I say, dude, do you want to join this band? You want to be the singer? I'll, I'll hire you right now. Like, it just felt so natural. You right, know? So, right, that's awesome. Mind you, we still had a singer, and I had, we had two singers of the band, one that didn't know that we had another singer, 
because we never saw the guy. We never could talk to him. Right. <laughs> so right. I, I wasn't I wasn't worried that he was going to show up and see him sing because he never showed up. So right. And so the trick was here was the trick to get him into the band. We had booked a show. Elias already knew like seven songs. He had been rehearsing with us. He knew seven of our songs. And nice. oh my God, this is so awesome. And the, <laughs> Uh, I, I told the old, the other singer, the, the guy that never showed up, I told him, hey, we have a show in Miami at this club. We play at 10 o'clock. And he was the kind of guy that would show up two minutes before. That was oh him. My and gosh. as soon as he was done, he'd leave. Like, Elvis left the building. So I, I, my plan was, I, I, oh, my God, I can't believe that I actually pulled it off. But, uh, but we really played at 930. And Elias was okay. there. And this is the the best part of how naive this other singer was. So he, okay. we're starting the show. We're playing the show with Elias. He shows up. The other singer shows up. Right. And he gets on stage. It's, oh, this is really cool. I have friends to cover for me. I was in traffic and all this other stuff. This guy was so naive. I said, do you not realize that he sang? How do you think that he learned seven songs? He had to rehearse with us. This guy didn't right. just thought that the guy learned the songs to cover for him. <laughs> it, was like, it was the funniest oh thing. And then we were God. rehearsing, and we were rehearsing, and again, like a couple, like a week later, we were rehearsing, and I got so fed up. I said, Elias, I want you in here, and and I called. I got my uh, my ex bass player's girlfriend's cell. I mean, remember the Zach Morris phones? No, Those big not really. Cell phones. But, I, okay. But it was a, it was a, it was a gig. It's not like an iPhone. It's a gigantic cell phone that she had. <laughs> so I called I called him. I said, "Listen, dude, uh, we're moving on without you." He says, "We're gonna move with Elias." I said, "Yeah, I don't think he's gonna cut it." I, I'm like, "We'll see. See you later." I hung up. Oh my gosh! Well, Seventeen years later. Right, right, right. Now, and 17 years later, did you ever hear anything from this guy again? I mean, you know, with, with the national I success and everything you guys have had? I mean, he started a brand new band after that that lasted all of us a month. Wait, wait, wait. He just stated out again. There you go. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. He I mean, he formed a band that lasted like a month uh, after, right. after that non-point. I did run into him again, and this is a funny story. Because I believe okay. in true karma. I believe in karma, and mm-hmm. I believe in I do too. everything happens for a reason. So mm-hmm. I'm pulling up to my old apartment complex, and I see this guy, like, laying down carpet. And it, and it was him. <laughs> He's laying down carpet. I had come back from touring. I had already been signed. I come back from touring. I see, I see him laying down carpet. I go, hey, what's up? How you doing? And then I just... Try to contain. I, I did. I successfully contained myself from laughing. Right, right. You know, so I, I and I didn't want to mean any disrespect, but this guy, right? If he would have done the things that we wanted, shared the same dream, then maybe could have been him there. Right. But he didn't yeah. share that. He already thought he was a star before even being signed. And honestly, he wasn't going to mm-hmm. cut it because he just wasn't a good singer. So. I said, what are you doing? And he goes, I'm laying down carpet. I said, what are you up to? Well, I leave for the Ozfest tomorrow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And I, and I, and I walked in my apartment, like? shut the door, and I, I walked in my apartment, shut the door in his face, and I never saw him again. But just, just I, we, were, quick, we were was, starting the Ozfest in 2001, the next that's, day. That's amazing. But what was, yeah. real quick, Rob, what was his facial expression like? I mean, when you said that to him. Oh, Did you get a chance to like look at it real quick? Was like, can I cuss on here? A little bit. I mean, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's, I rated well, it so I bad. I won't cuss. I won't cuss. I'll say his facial expression was I messed up. It was what? His, I mean, he still he said he basically his facial expression was I messed up. I screwed up. Right. You know that that right. that's what it seemed like. That's what it looked like to me. And still to okay. this day, this guy is still trying to make music. So and oh, I, I mean I, I I wish him the best, but right. now now I he's know. a rapper, I guess, or something. So. Right. 
cool. Thank you for sharing that. That's a that's a really cool story, and that's not something I read anywhere because I read you know a couple of different things in terms of how you guys form, but that was not something I had come across. So thank you for sharing that. But let's oh, no let's problem. do this, Rob, because I want to be able to I want to be able to fit at least two songs in tonight. So and then we're going to come back and talk a little bit about just the unbelievable journey you guys have had over the past 16 years with the eight albums uh-huh. plus two. Um, okay. Tell us a little bit about uh, Breaking Skin. We're going to check that one out. It's a, it's a great track and uh, I hear it on Octane all the time. I'm a big uh, Sirius XM uh, satellite person. So tell us a little bit about yeah. the concept of that song and uh, then we'll check it out. Well, the song is basically about addiction and it could be a man, it could be addiction to sex addiction to drugs, addiction to food. It, it, it could be it could be basically about anything. Just it's not about okay. any certain addiction. It's just about addiction in general. So but uh uh that song uh was originally written, the original version of that song is completely different to what you hear today. You know, like it's a very Elias actually put that song together with the riffs that were, you know, uh presented to him. The song was that song okay. was presented to him in a very different arrangement. So and then Elias put it together, and then Johnny K made just one change, our producer from the record. I uh, just made right. one change, and that's the song here. And basically, you know, it's, it's a very straightforward, no flashiness. It was just, it was, it's a very groove-oriented song. It's a fun song to play. I'll tell it you. is. It's, it's a it's very a great fun track. song to play. And and the, the, the crowd, just every night we're watching people singing. It's just amazing to me that after 17 years, People still sing That's our awesome. new songs. That just blows my mind. It blows my mind. I mean, I cannot be more blessed. I mean, God, I, I, know. I texted. It's so weird. I texted Elias yesterday. I said, "Dude, God has to be on our side." Right. <laughs> right. He has to be on no, our it's side. Amazing. How have we lasted this long? But you know long? what? How have we lasted this but, long? You know, it's like. And we're. Well, I definitely want to ask you that question too, because it's I, you might not be able to answer it. But you know what? I mean, think about it, Rob. You guys are a phenomenal talent. You're motivated. You're dedicated. I mean, there's so many different pieces that make a band successful. But I am always fascinated by the ones that are able to, to sustain themselves and persevere. And you guys have done something right, and you have the right mix. So, with that being said, let's uh, we'll talk more about that when we come back. We'll check out Breaking Skin, okay? Go. Okay, I'm gonna put you on hold. All right. Okay. All right, everyone. Drummer Rob Rivera from Nonpoint tonight just such a treat to have these guys on my show and be supporting their album right now we're going to check out breaking skin it is the hit single that is off their album the return that's out now so please be sure to pick up a copy of their album go to the website nonpoint.com and check them out on tour right now as he mentioned with rears hollow islander gemini syndrome and now i have nonpoint on my show i've had all those bands on my show so if you want to hear their interviews too uh go to the podcast all right here we go check it out breaking skin
again, welcome back to the Carrie Edelman Show, Nonpoint, with their hit single, Breaking Skin, an amazing track off of their full-length album that is out now, titled The Return. So please pick up a copy of this album. The whole album is just really great. This music is very melodic, but they still have their uh, heavy uh, edge to it. So check it out. All right, let's bring Rob back on. All right, Rob, great song, awesome, awesome track. Thank you so much. Yeah, no, it's really great. The album is just, it's phenomenal. I mean, I was just working out to it actually when I got home from working in prison all day and interviewing people, and now I'm having the pleasure to interview you. And uh, so oh, the album awesome. really uh, <laughs> got me really <laughs> pumped up for the show. So really cool. Thank you. Yeah, so let's uh, let's talk a little bit. And again, you, of course, you know, I'm always, you know, saying as comfortable as you feel with what you want to share on the show. I'm not someone who's going to, you know, push up on your pressure to talk about things, but you know, you have had the same lineup predominantly since the beginning, um, with the exception of a couple of changes that happened, you know, more recently, so to speak. So yeah. you want to share, you know, I mean, I understand things happen along the way, but, um, you know, introduce the members of the band, and if, you know, if you feel comfortable sharing anything else, feel free. If not, that's fine. Yeah. Well, the the lineup of 2014 on point is uh, me, I'm Drums, Live from vocals, Adam on bass, Rashid on guitar, and BC on guitar. Uh, our first lineup actually was a 10-year journey. You know, like uh, we were together 10 years of our lives together. We recorded five albums together and mm-hmm. did some insane tours, you know, uh, probably some of the best we've ever done, you know. And then, unfortunately, Andrew Goldman, you know, he – uh was getting a little tired of the rock scene and touring in general. He was never really a fan of touring. So, I mean, he, okay. he you know, re- re- respectfully bowed out of the band. And, you know, we were like, it, okay. we, it was completely amicable. And we right. had a replacement for a couple of years that was, you know, whatever. It was something that we needed at the time, but it was just, that didn't work out. And uh, uh, looking back at it, I wish we had really explored more. We were so scared we'd never had a lineup change so we were so scared at that time to go through this process of auditioning guitar players right. that we just kind of just grabbed the first one that came along it did not work out in our favor unfortunately. Right. So, but it, it happens you know it, it was a learning process and then uh, then after that we uh, you know we let him go and then our Original bassist uh, Ken, uh, he bowed out of the band. You know, mm-hmm. he, you know, and, you know, it was a- amicable as well. You know, and he, uh, you know, I guess you know he got tired of it. You know, I mean, so, sometimes you know, like when you're in a it is it's situation hard with people, when you're in a situation with people, I mean, relationships. You know, living with people for a long time, things can get tested. You know, and so you know, it just became a situation where you know, last and I knew that we were, you know. We were faced with the change. It was scary, you know, seeing that one of the yeah. originals was the, the second original member was going to leave. Who was, you know, he? It's a guy you know that our fans love too, you know. So it was hard, you know. It was hard. To, it was hard to part ways, but that's something we had to do, and something he had to do. We had to do that with the one guitar player, then we had to do that with him. So me and the last kind of looked at each other and says, "Are we going to continue this?" And and you know, and he's. We decided, you know, music is our life, and you know, we were in a dark place for, I think, maybe two hours. We okay. were in like <laughs> okay. two, two hours. I was in a real depressed, dark right, state of fun. mind because, I mean, you know, right. music is all, all I know how to do. I love music, you know, and so a friend in Chicago introduced me to Dave Lizio, and uh, who played on our last record, and. Um, mm-hmm. And then he brought in Rashid and Adam, and we and we wrote our last record that was self-titled. And then great record, amazing songwriting, and brought us definitely back because the the record before that miracle just did not do. I think there was a lot of lack of focus on there. I mean, the best thing about that album, I think, we got to work with Chad and Greg from Mudbane, and uh, which I okay. learned so much okay. from Chad. I mean, it's, it's weird that him being a singer, he had so many drum ideas, and still to this day. I will credit that guy until I'm done with my career for helping me as a drummer, you know, like, and just opening my mind to different things. And, and Greg also had great ideas. That was a great experience. Unfortunately, I, I thought the songwriting wasn't 
up to par like our old records. You know, at that time, maybe we felt that way, but, you know, it's just bands go through that. You know, they, they make sure. – sometimes you're pressured. You know, sometimes there's turmoil. Sometimes, you know, it's just – things just happen. Like, everything happens for a reason, you know. So then when we came back to the lineup with Dave, Rashid, and Adam, you know, we – uh we just wrote this great record, you know, it's like out of nowhere and we got so many favorable reviews and like we were back, you know, like it took yeah, a while to had... reestablish ourselves again, you know, but, but we did it, you know, and, and then that same lineup recorded this last album. BC, our, our guitar player we have now, he did not record on this last album. Dave Lizio did. Okay. And, um, okay. and Dave did. And it. what happened? Uh, yeah, what Dave? happened that Dave, yeah, it isn't, it's uh, not, you know, but you, Dave, you know, I mean, he's, uh, Dave is probably one of the best people I've ever met. A very nice guy, loved by our fans. He he loved the fans, and our fans loved him. But you know, like I said, sometimes things are uh, certain situations are not for everybody. Right. So being in a band is it's takes it takes a lot of different things to be in a band, and then you know we we came to the decision that we needed to make you know to move forward. And and, and Dave, you know, he's a very strong-minded guy. You know, he has his certain things that he was strong-minded about that you know the other four people yeah. just didn't share. But it wasn't an amicable thing, you know. I, I still reach out to him, and I, I love the guy. Our fans still reach out to him, and he's been writing some incredible music on his own. I would just call it Cheesebone. Uh, you can, it's just so him so, doing solo stuff, doing all the drums and everything. He's doing his own recordings, and it's incredible music. And he's an incredible guitar player. But, you know, it just takes okay. a little bit more than being an incredible guitar player to be in a band. You know, that's that's how right. I look at it. Right. There's a business sense. There's a commitment sense, you know, and and just you know, just, and just personality one of those things that happen. too. Uh, yeah, 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 just, you know, it's, yeah. It's just one of those things that happen. I have no ill will. I wish him nothing but the the best luck in the world. He's got a beautiful daughter. He just got married to a girl he loves very, very much. So um, I mean, he's he's in a good place. He's with people that love him, and he still has the support of Mount Point. You know, they our fans love him a lot. I mean, I, I see how they reach out to him. I see the comments on his page. I mean, they love the guy, you know, because he became an extremely lovable dude. You know, he, he was so so open with fans. He would stay out there and talk with fans, like, all night, all night right. long. That's you know, awesome. he, he, was, he was a great guy. You know, it's just unfortunately cool. it did not work out. But he did an amazing job on the record. He killed it on the album. And for you know, on the for the record again, BC did not play on the record. Some of the reviews have out there have not really done the research. And okay. Put as have put as BC being the guitar player in the band, but he's not. You know, so on not on the record, but okay. But uh, yeah, but BC you know now came in. Uh, we've known BC for like 16 years. Um, his very first tour with his old band Switch was actually opening up for Nonplay in 2001. So we, oh, we wow. have a history. This guy played in Switch. He played in Dark New Day. He filled in for Clint yep. Lowry and Seven Us uh, for two weeks. I mean, the guy's an amazing talent. He's a beast on stage, an amazing <laughs> guy on stage. And, and when we just played our hometown, our, our manager came into the dressing room and said, man, BC just makes you guys ten times better than you were before. You know, it's like awesome. we've just been blessed, you know, to have – that's what I, I was telling Elias. God has to be on our side to be able to find these people and continue to live the dream that we started in 1997. You know, it's yeah. like it, he has to be on so our side. Surreal. You know? Right. <laughs> and our fans, I mean, oh. I mean, I can't, I mean, the fans have been incredible. Time, absolutely. We have an insane support yeah. system from our fans, our families continue to drive us. I mean, there's many times where I was like, man, this is going to be it. And, you know, and my wife says, I said, what are you going to do if you don't play music? She says, music is your life. And you have that kind of support, you know, that, I mean, obviously, my my, my family would love to have me at home. But if I'm not sure. playing music, they understand that I will not be happy. Right. So to have that kind of support is pretty crazy. I mean, it's insane. And, and you know, we're pretty amazing. happy where we're at right now. That's pretty much where we're at now in 2014, you know, with the return Doing well, Breaking Skin doing well, and an incredible lineup to boot, you know, so we're yeah. here. Let's talk here a little bit about, and then, yeah, definitely, and then we're going to check out another song. It was hard to pick another song because it'll all just feel great, and I have so many favorites off the album. But tell us a little bit about I know you've had some 
changes in terms of labels over the years slash management, so to speak. And I know you're working with Razor and Tie right now. It seems like you guys are, you know, really happy with them. What, you know, and again, it's probably similar to the members, you know, departing over time. Yeah. Just challenges maybe that you encountered with labels that maybe you weren't seeing eye to eye. Um, you haven't had yeah. that many label changes, but, you know, you were at MCA for a little bit and then you went to Lava and then the Bueller Brothers. Um, yeah, brother. So, yeah, so what were some of the things, you know, again, in an educational way that maybe you can, I don't know, uh, well, help the audience understand. I, I mean, this is another reason that, why I texted Elias and said that God is on right. our side, <laughs> that we continue to right. get signed. Managers continue to want to manage us. You know, our first management company was ten year, a 10-year relationship, and it came to a point where, a change needed to be made, you know, and the, and, the, and, right. the, and that came from us. You know, we actually said, hey, we want to part ways. We want to move on, Bob, you know. And, I mean, it got a little weird there, but, you know, because after, I mean, a 10-year yeah. relation, we were 10 years with those people. So, you know, but found a new manager who really helped us out. And then uh, he, you know, we changed with him because he got offered an incredible opportunity to manage Kanye West. So, obviously, his time's going to be taken with Kanye West. Right. And we knew right. he wasn't going to really have time for us. So, we moved on. Found another manager that definitely did not work out whatsoever. And then now we're an incredible management team that's looking out for us that, you know, understands what we want, that knows what we want. And we tell them this is what we want, and they'll fight for it, you know, and which is what a good management team does. They want to make sure their artists are happy. To get yep. taken care of. You know, as far as labels, you know, MCA pretty much just they went under, you know, and they morphed okay. into Geffen. So they Geffen Records and they didn't pick up our option, but we had an opportunity with Lava. Uh Jason Flom right. was an old friend from our old manager. He said, Yeah, let's sign him and then, you know, Lava went under as well. Then we just went to Beeler Brothers, which they had started the label and uh then when we, when we parted away with man with our management, our management was the label, so it was hard to have. I mean, I can't have the manager fight with the label because the manager is the label. So it became too much of a it was too much of a conflict of interest, wow. you know. So yeah. it's like you know we have to part ways. We wanted to bring in a different manager and stay with the label, but he they didn't want that. Oh, okay. So we said okay, then we're we're out of here. You know, that's the reason we parted ways. Gotcha. You know, because they were doing the one two hats, you know. And but still, I learned a lot from that management company, and a lot of way that I conduct business and how I do, I credit to my first manager, Jason Beeler. You know, who uh, mm-hmm. helped me yeah, a lot. A lot helped me him. about touring. Yeah, he used to be in a band called Saigon Kick back in the day. They were a popular uh, late '80s, early '90s band. So he toured, and I learned everything about him about touring. That's why. Our tour etiquette is, is completely professional from day one till today. It's still professional, you know. So, right. Um, and maybe so, you yeah, know, the reputation was, you guys have just from you know just by saying what you just said about being professionals and you know respecting people when you're on tour, you know, I'm sure that carries a lot of weight in terms of getting picked up with other labels and other people wanting to work with you. So you know, as you're uh, tying everything uh, together, you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean we're not we're not making headlines and, or nothing like that. All exactly. You know, Elias right. not going on rants or anything like that. You know, we were pretty we were pretty low key people. You know, we just want to play music. You know, we're not right. out here to change the world or nothing like that. You just want to be be musicians, have fun, tour. You know, play music and talk to fans and you know touch people's lives. You that's know, that's, that's basically it. You know, we're not out here to be nuts and stuff like that. So. I, you know, and right. as far as the tour etiquette, you know, I wish a lot more younger bands would understand what tour etiquette means, but that has changed mm-hmm. so much in the last 15 years. Like, not a lot of, some of the younger bands of today don't really understand certain things. And I still, to this day, whoever we tour with, I still continue to have the tour etiquette and the professionalism of being on, on how to be on that tour. You know, so it's just right. the way we've been brought up. And, you know, we we learned, you know, by touring with Papa Roach, us, touring with Disturbed, from Mudvayne, Hell Yeah, Machine Head, from Fuel, touring with all these, on being on the office, we learn from every single one of those bands how to be a live mm-hmm. act, how to conduct yourself, what to do, 
what not to do, you know, and just be a professional band. And those bands still are here today doing stuff, you know. So you're right. I would say that their reputation is carried over to the success to the success of their career, you know. And and you know, I just wish more bands would understand what tour etiquette means. You know, but I I, I think tour etiquette may be kind of a thing of the past. I'm not sure, so. We'll see. I'm going to continue to do how we do it and be professional until non-point's done. You know, that's exactly, right. that's the goal. Mm-hmm. So continue to be pro until we, we shut the door on this project. Right, and that's, that's probably a huge part of the, the puzzle that you're talking about right now in terms of, again, sustaining yourself for 16-plus years. I mean, all that stuff comes together, and it's so important. And like you said, people, for some reason, don't always see it as being relevant or... Yeah, it's it's again, it's a shame. But hopefully like you said, like these younger bands will learn from you guys and, and take take that stuff away with them. So yeah, let's do this job. We try to like share the experiences that we have met that we've mm-hmm. had, you know, over the years, you know, try to share some knowledge to the younger generation, you know, and sometimes Definitely. they understand, sometimes they don't, you know. <laughs> right, uh, and they have to you know, like you said, it's it's kinda of, you know what, we could kinda of go Full circle in a way, and talk about your, you know, your first singer. You know, if if fans really want to understand and take something away from you, you know, maybe they will have the luxury, so to speak, you know, of of being successful for many years to come. And if they don't want to, then yeah. they'll learn the hard way. Totally. But so let's let's do this. Let's check out um, the return, which I thought would be a cool song to feature. It's a great track, and it's the title track. So tell oh, us a little you. bit about that. And and as we're talking about it, tell us. You know, why did you name the album The Return? Pull some of that stuff in, too. Uh, well, that song, actually, I wrote that song entirely by myself, uh, musically. Okay, so great. It was a song that I had written. It, it didn't come in until almost... Wait, you're, like, you're fading out, Rob. You know, can you hear me? Yeah, there you go. Yep, yep. Yeah, okay. okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, that song okay. I wrote, I had written, like, months prior before I even showed it to Elias. And he asked me, do you have any tracks? So I sent him that. And he did a little tweak here and there, you know, and then he sent it back with lyrics. And then I was like, whoa, dude, just never expected you to even do anything with this track, you know. And so, and so it came out, I mean, it came out the way it is. It came out awesome, you know. It's like, wow, this is really cool. And then he had texted me like a week later. I said, dude, we should call the record The Return. But what people are not understanding about that title is they think that we're, we came back. We never really went away. It's about the right. lyrical content of the song. You know, it's about the subject of the song and why we call the record the return. And why it has nothing to do with us being away. Because we were not okay. away. I mean, I mean, I'm not exactly what the lyrics, what the lyrics, I'm not sure exactly what the lyrics say, because that's, that's in the lives department. I don't remember much of the lyrics. <laughs> that's right. But it's basically about well, the lyrics. He's talking about, why we... what was interesting real quick is it sounds to me, and I can't remember the exact words right now, just because, you know, it's, the interview's been so good, I can't, you know, switch sets and, and think of the exact lyrics. But it almost sounds like he's talking about someone's coming back to him and, like, he's saying to them, you know, ha-ha, I knew you'd come back to me. And that's kind of the gist of it. Who's coming back to him? I don't know. Is it, you know, a significant other? Is it some type of a meaningful person? It's hard to, you know, maybe he made it more kind of open-ended so the listener can interpret it for themselves. But that's I, okay, I, like I, only... I, I, know, I know where you're coming with that, and I think the interpret. I, I know exactly who he's talking about. I'm not going to mention who, but I know exactly who he's okay. talking about. But, you know, it's just, uh, uh, you know, you do certain things as a person, and, you know, and, you know, like a person has a different opinion to me or whatever, and then you know that person's going to come back knowing that you were right. right. You know, so basically, I think that's why why here we call us on the return. You know, it's because it's just, you know sometimes people just don't understand certain things, and no matter how you explain it, they don't get it to us maybe too late, and then they realize, oh, you know, you were right the whole time. But when they're like right. not understanding, when not they're not willing to understand or work with you or give it a shot, that's what. Yep. It's the frustrating part. You know, it could be to anybody. It could, this right. could be any, it could be a relationship. It could be anything. It's like, oh, it's like, I told right. you so type of deal. You know, right. it, it's, it could be anything. So, but yeah, that's exactly why, why, why that song was written, lyrically. And how come, and it's interesting to take that song and, and use that word, that 
title for the album. I mean, that's pretty powerful in terms of, you know what I mean? This song must have had that much meaning that... It did have a lot of meaning you know I mean? to us. You know, we, 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 we take, like I said, we don't take things personal, but we write about it. <laughs> so, right. Right. you know, no, I we know. want, you know, it's it's powerful. When he came back to me and said, you know, I think this is the title of the record, you know, I'm like, okay, I mean, if you feel that way, you know, then I, you know, I kind of mm-hmm. listen to the lyrics. I'm like, okay, I see what he means about this. So, I mean, it, it's it was powerful to me, you know, so. Well, I have an idea, so. but I know you're not going to feel who it is, but I think it might be in the music realm individuals that maybe didn't listen to you guys and unfortunately but again that's just my interpretation <laughs> okay but um okay so we did that all right so let's do this i'll put you on hold so we're gonna check out the return then we'll come back and start to tie some things up talk about some uh you know upcoming tour shows you guys have what's in store for 2015 etc okay okay all right hold on rob All right, everyone, the title track, The Return from Nine Point. Let's check it out, and we'll be back in a moment.
again, the return hit single from Nonpoint, actually title track off of their album, which is out right now. So again, check them out. Go to nonpoint.com and pick up a copy of their album, The Return. All right, let's bring Rob back on. The poor guy, I've been having him on for an hour. Could do another hour interview with you. So great song, Rob. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, Thank you very great, much. great track. Yeah. So I know we've only really touched the surface. I can interview you for another hour because you guys uh, – journey is just so amazing in terms of like you said just being so fortunate uh, to have this experience but um tell me a little bit about how you came up with the name nonpoint the name nonpoint actually uh was in uh back in 19 i want to say 1988 or 89 i played in a like a christian metal band back in the day and uh, i can't even pronounce the name because it's it's s-e-k-e-l I have no idea how to pronounce it in English. Sequel, Sekel, I don't know. I have no idea. In Spanish, we say second. That's how it was. It was a Hebrew word. And um, hmm. But I was listening to Christian metal around that time, just kind of exploring, you know, what was what was in that genre. And there was this band called Believer. They're from, I think I want to say they're from Erie, Pennsylvania. And I really enjoyed their first record. I'm a huge thrash metal fan, so I, I thought I was, I was amazed by the album. And they released their second record called Sanity Obscure. The third song on that record is called Nonpoint. And I just saw the name and just it struck a chord with me. Like I said, Nonpoint. <laughs> That's it. There's the name. Cool. And that All right. name, I've had that name since 1991. And uh, originally, originally it was Nonpoint Factor. is a band that I had, which was a title of another song by a band called Atomic Host. I had a song called Appearance Factor. So I just put Nonpoint Factor together. And the guy that I was playing with at the time said, yeah, dude, that name's cool. But then after a few years, we just dropped the factory and just kept nonpoint. And basically, it was the title of the song, and which I thought right. has no direct meaning to the band. It's a, it's, it, it's a way to measure pollution or something like that. I don't know. Like I said, I didn't care what the meaning was. I just thought the name was cool. Yeah, no, it is. It is. It's, it's straight into the point. Like you said, no point intent, uh, no pun intended. And, uh, yeah, no, very cool. Cool. Well, sometimes the simple stories are the ones that, you know, sometimes stand out, too. It doesn't always have to have some, you know, deep meaning yeah. to it. Um, in terms of the album cover with the, you know, the image and stuff, where, what is the symbolism behind that? Or, you know, tell us a little bit about um, that. That is basically a frog. It's not a spider, like people seem to think. Okay. <laughs> and it's not a spider. It's a frog. So tell everybody it's a frog. And, uh, yes. And then, uh, the imagery was, uh, a combination of BC guitar player and Elias. They actually put that together. I believe, I'm not certain how much input the guy from the label had. And I'm not, wasn't, I wasn't involved in any of those emails, but I know that, uh, BC and Elias are great at designing. BC is an amazing graphic designer. So he, he put that wow. together. And I mean, it was just, it's just a frog on the speaker. You know, on a speaker cabinet or something. So, on a speaker okay. grill. Sorry, speaker grill. So that's all is that there was. Any, <laughs> is there any symbolism of of a frog? You know, the in frog terms of is the... that's been our logo. He's he's our little mascot. We call him El Coqui. That's what it's a it's a native frog in Puerto Rico that okay. only lives in Puerto Rico. If you take him out of Puerto Rico, he'll be dead. So, and they Aww. do the sound at night. They'll do the sound. I'm gonna try to do the sound with my mouth. I don't know if I can, but they go. That's exactly how they do it. Oh, interesting. At okay. night, and you hear those things all night long. Kind of, you kind of want to go out there and shoot them because it's all night long. But <laughs> it's a, it's a native, it's a native, a native frog. And that symbol was a symbol that the Indians carved when they landed in Puerto Rico. They carved that symbol in the caves, mm-hmm. and that was like it became the frog became is basically non-points. Not, I'm saying, I'm sorry. Puerto Rico's mascot. So that's where that comes from. That's cool. It's kind of it's kind of an interesting. And another reason is me and Elijah. Another reason, sorry to interrupt. Another reason is me and Elijah right. Puerto Rico. So, <laughs> so that also played sure a part. That in makes it. Yeah. that makes sense. Absolutely, but it's yeah. an interesting dichotomy because if you think of, you know, again, here comes my psychology a little bit, but I think it's just thinking off the cuff. I mean, a frog is, you know, it's very small, you know reptile however you want to describe it and your sound is this huge heavy metal sound so it's just an interesting dichotomy that you pick that 
symbolism, you know, for whatever it's worth. And then the sound that you guys present, it's just kind of an interesting uh, thing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so let's talk a little bit. You're like, okay. So let's talk a little bit about the, the shows you guys have coming up. You know, please feel free to plug any of those so that people can uh, check them out. Uh, we're still on tour with uh, Three Years Hollow, uh, Island and Gemini Syndrome, up until, the, I want to say, the 23rd. Uh, I think we have 12 shows left on this tour. And then uh, we go home for Thanksgiving and a little bit of December, and then we go out with Head PE for two weeks. And then we're done for the year. And then we have some stuff uh, doing ship rock next year. Uh, nice. And then we have some international stuff that we just can't announce just yet. We're just waiting for them to announce it, and then we'll announce it. Okay. And um, so, and then next year, we're looking at the festival circuit in the spring. Uh, we've got some stuff brewing there, and basically, all of 2015 is going to be touring. So, we just got to, we have wow. just gotten started with this tour. I mean, we just started in a in uh, September, so we've only been two months into it. We got another 16 to go. <laughs> Amazing. So. Wow. But like you said, it's what you guys are passionate about, and uh, you truly love what you do, so it's great. Oh, yeah. You can't ask for anything sure. more than that. Yep. <laughs> cool. So, yeah, so feel free to, you know, plug the websites, you know, where people can find you, all the social media things, and um, then we'll start to wrap it up. Yeah, as far as uh, social media, you can go to nowpoint.com. All the links are there to our social media, but, you know, if people don't want to go that route, some people don't even visit uh, visit official websites anymore. Uh, They can just go straight to Facebook. Um, Then you can go to facebook.com forward slash nowpointworld, youtube.com forward slash nowpointworld, or twitter.com forward slash nowpoint. And that's where you'll find... Uh, Facebook is where I, I, I take care of all the social media for the bands and the guys help out as well, but I do most of it. But Facebook, cool. um, is where the band is more prominent, you know, like more visual. I mean, I, I don't really use Twitter that much, but I mean, we do, but, but we don't at the same time. So. Right, um, right. Yeah. I mean, Facebook yeah, is a little more personable in terms of interacting with the fans and stuff like that. So that's great. Yeah. It's really mm-hmm. cool to hear you guys managing it too. I mean, that's, you know, you guys got a heavy fan base there, so that's cool to hear that you guys, you know, can take a few minutes to, to be involved in that because I know that can be cumbersome too. I've, I've taken care of the social media uh, for the band since the very beginning. I've always been the promoting guy, you know. I'm, I'm okay. always in people's faces promoting. Role. That's if any If you see posts, there's a good chance that 80% of the time it's me that posts cool. it. Very cool. That's great. That's really great. So, well, Rob, it was so great having you on, and you guys are always welcome back on in the future, so I'd love to have you on when you release your, I guess it'll be your ninth album. <laughs> but yeah, meantime, I will appreciate, I appreciate you wanting to take time and talk to me. It's, it's pretty cool. I appreciate that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, no, I hope you enjoyed the interview and it being something a little different than uh, some maybe some of the other stuff you've done in the past. So, yeah. Yeah. No, it was cool. great. It was killer. I, I, like I said, I appreciate it a lot. Definitely. So I want to wish you much continued success to everyone in Nonpoint and the album and the upcoming uh, festivals and tours that you guys have. All right. Thank you so much. Okay. Thanks so much, Rob. Take care. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right, everyone, the drummer Rob Rivera from Nonpoint, amazing interview over an hour. So if for some reason you tuned in a little late, be sure to stream and or download the podcast. It will be available once I sign off. So, again, thanks so much for tuning in. It's just been, gosh, I can't believe the year is going to be over in basically a month and a half. So check out some of the interviews I've done this year. I've had some really great national acts on the show. Um, and please follow me at Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Carrie Edelman. If you follow me, I will follow you. And please become a fan of the Carrie Edelman Show on Facebook. That's where I have all the updates for upcoming shows, events, and more. And lastly, if you want to befriend me on Facebook, it's also great to keep in touch with people personally that way. So thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Again, thank you to Sarah Facciolo. Facciolo, I'm sorry. I can't pronounce her last name. From Razor and Tie Publicity. 
for setting up this interview, and I'm really looking forward to doing some more interviews with them, too. She already forwarded me a band, so I'm not going to reveal yet until we uh, solidify it, but another major national act that I'm really excited about bringing on the show. So thanks so much again for tuning in tonight, and uh, like I said, keep in touch on Facebook through The Carrie Edelman Show or personally friending me, and we'll be in touch for some upcoming shows in the next couple of weeks. Thanks so much, and have a great night.